0: What I like to tell my, give my athletes as the example is you want to feel the exact same energy level in the first inning as you do in the seventh inning. Like if they're, if you're missing, if you're feeling really fatigued, let's address that. Can we address that earlier in the day? Or is that something that we need to address your nutrition during those innings?
1: If there was one thing I wish I would have known better when I was competing at a young age, it would be nutrition. Hey, welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley burkhardt Eagle, and this is going to be a very enlightening conversation for many of us. I never really thought about the effects of what you eat and what it has on your performance until recently until basically when I was in college, and I wish I would have known this so much sooner. Thankfully, today's guest is going to enlighten all of us on how to prepare meals, snacks, and hydrate well so we are at our best from the first game to the very last one of a long tournament or a long day. Caitlin McNally is a registered dietitian nutritionist who focuses her work on youth athletes who are striving to help their performance with their fuel. From team talks, leading a parent Facebook group, and developing courses, she's on a mission to help athletes understand food and fuel better so they can perform at their best more often. In this episode, you're going to learn how much water and electrolytes you should really be drinking for optimal performance why carbohydrates are necessary in order to be at your best, some snack ideas and meal ideas for in-between games, before games, and after games, some meal planning ideas for tournament weekends, why energy drinks are not a good idea before a game, and some alternatives that are a much healthier option, why you should never skip breakfast when competing, and so much more. You guys are going to absolutely love this conversation. I loved having it. Let's take a listen. Pumped for this conversation. We haven't had one about nutrition in a while, and we have none other than Caitlin McNally here on the podcast. She's a dietitian, and I'm just so happy to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm so excited too. Like um, we were talking before, but I just did a podcast
0: with a baseball coach. So I'm excited to go back to my roots of softball. So I'm really excited to have this conversation.
1: Yes. So before we dive into all the things from like hydration, meal prep, all the things, let's talk about you and your story. Why did you want to become a dietitian? I'm so excited that you asked this because I haven't told this story in a while, um, but I
0: played softball growing up. I think I started in like first or second grade. So it was definitely my first team sport and just fell in love with it. Um, and played throughout high school. And actually, I was at a high school softball camp in Michigan at it was Saginaw Valley State University. It was like my first overnight softball camp. And my friends and I, my friends teammates and I were talking. So I was talking about goals after college or after high school. And I was like, wait, I wonder if I could do anything with like nutrition. Like, is that got had a mm. career and I just started thinking about it. And I started doing my research and I was like, I could become a dietitian. And that just sounded so cool. And I d- made that decision in high school. And then I pursued um, dietetics at Michigan State University and then finished up my master's and internship at the University of Buffalo. And it, the University of Buffalo is where I really got... An introduction to sports nutrition and what that meant, and really the up and comingness of sports nutrition. So, I worked closely with the athletes at the University of Buffalo and I loved the college setting. It was such a great opportunity. Um, but then, as I started my first job, college athletics is really demanding for sports. Mm -hmm. (laughs) or as a professional and um, but then I kind of started thinking like you know I struggled with nutrition in high school so I started looking in to that and realized that there's not a lot of information or resources out there for high school athletes. And that's where I decided to start my own business, focusing on youth and high school athletes and supporting them and giving them the nutrition information that they need to support their
1: performance. So it kind of stemmed all from there. That's so great. I love it. Um, Most people don't know this, but when I first went to Purdue, I studied dietetics, nutrition, fitness, and health. So it was like a dual major. And I quickly realized a dual major on top of being a college athlete at Purdue was extremely hard. So I was like, oh crap, like I have to get rid of one. And personally, I didn't love the chemistry side, but you had to take all of that. Um, So I was just like, okay, I'll just stick with like the sport performance side. So I stayed there, but I did learn enough about nutrition to know, um, you know, if you figure it out and you do it right, it can totally change your performance. Um, I went through my entire freshman year. I didn't understand nutrition. And then all of a sudden our uh, dietitian was like telling us all the things that we're probably going to talk about today. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm only hurting myself if I'm scarfing down McDonald's five times a week, you know, oh so guys. It's it's all super interesting, and I'm really excited to dive into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing that I wanted to ask you is there's obviously – you can't coach somebody or you can coach people in different sports – but certain sports need different things. Like a football player is trying to get big and bulky is going to need a different plan than somebody who plays softball that, you know, is maybe a speedster or somebody who's a catcher. Like there might be a little bit of different um, needs that they have. So I'm curious... for a a softball athlete, how would you kind of describe, you know, what an outfielder might need rather than a catcher or a pitcher, like somebody who's like exerting more energy?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, when I'm doing team presentations, especially like you, you're talking to the team, right? So you're having all those different positions that you're speaking to. We, I always like to start with the basics. Okay. What is your Mm -hmm. pre-competition fueling look like? Whether that's your meal or, a snack, whatever that is leading up to competition or even practice. And then what are you consuming during? So that's Mm. what I think may be really different where outfielders may, maybe they'll only need water depending on the heat and humidity aspect, but a catcher is going to need those high electrolytes in their water, you know, something like that. So I think looking at that, you know, what are you consuming during the innings? What are you keeping in your sport bag at the dugout? That I think is really going to be dependent on the on the position. But then, you know, like I said, going back to the basics, let's make sure you're not skipping meals. Make sure you're having breakfast. What are you having three hours before you having that pre-game meal? about 60 minutes beforehand, are you having a high carbohydrate snack? Really that prep up until a lot of those basics do remain the same from position to position because when we look at high school athletes, a lot of times they're skipping a component. Maybe they're not staying hydrated throughout the day or they're skipping meals or just not consuming enough. So trying to get them to understand those basics First, And then once they kind of get into a little bit of routine, like let's look at the different positions. Um, So, you know, if you're, there's a player that's not playing as much, maybe they don't need those high salty snacks at the dugout or those additional carbohydrates where um, the catcher and the pitcher are going to really rely on those sport gummies, electrolytes, all those snacks at the dugout. Um, Whereas an outfielder or someone who doesn't play as much or like a pinch hitter may not need those additional
1: carbohydrates. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about carbs. So we've talked about this. Um, I've had two other dietitians on in the past. Um, but we didn't really dive too much into carbohydrates because, um, obviously you and I kind of all right. You and I kind of have an idea or kind of have, you definitely have an idea of carbohydrates. And what I've learned is that carbohydrates is literally energy. And so when people try to cut out carbs, like you're going to be extremely tired and exhausted. So when it comes to carbohydrates, what are the types of carbs that you're encouraging athletes to have, maybe we can talk about like before a game, during a game and after.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, before a game, we really, before and during, I would say we rely on those simple carbohydrates. So something that's really easy to digest. So like you said, carbohydrates are our main source of energy for performance. And I say performance, but then I always have a caveat of really, it's our main source of energy throughout the Day You're dealing with Mm -hmm. uh, student athletes. So do they want to excel in school as well? Probably. So they need carbohydrates. Their brain needs carbohydrates to pay attention and to focus and to study throughout the day. And then that leads right into training and practice. So our total diet throughout the day is going to be composed of around it could be 50 to 60% of our food on a day to day basis is going to be carbohydrates. Now, carbohydrates is a huge range of food. um, So it probably seems like a lot, but then you start looking at the type of food that we put under carbohydrates and it really is a lot. So obviously you think of breads, tortillas, um, you know, sandwich bread, um, buns, bagels, etc., pasta, rice. But then it's also fruit, vegetables and dairy and like beans and legumes. So carbohydrates do compose a majority of our diet, but there's a lot of foods that are under that carbohydrate umbrella and So when we're looking at up to competition, we like something that's easy on the stomach, easy to digest. And the reason for this is so that it provides our body with that immediate energy to use in performance. When we consume foods that take a longer time to digest, so this would be higher fiber foods like whole grains, vegetables like broccoli, um, and carrots and zucchini, like all these high fiber foods, it just takes our body a longer time to digest very nutrient dense foods that we do need to consume, but leading up to competition, sometimes it can cause some GI upset and it doesn't provide our body that immediate energy that we would need. So um, just trying to dial in on really when you're consuming these quick carbohydrates or simple carbohydrates and our more complex carbohydrates that are higher in fiber. So simple would be fruits, a lot of bananas, oranges, melons, watermelon, grapes, um, apples, even are pretty simple. Um, Or those more of those convenience foods. So applesauce, granola bars, fruit snacks rice cakes, a lot of cereals. Those are more of those simple carbohydrates that will provide our body with that immediate energy that you would need during practice.
1: Awesome. I remember we would have weightlifting at 6 a.m. And it wouldn't be an hour before. It was probably only 30 minutes before. I would totally sneak in a banana. Mm -hmm. And it was just like it's funny because I didn't know this information prior, but I always knew like I wanted a banana because it wasn't gonna like make me feel slow or sluggish or anything. But it also was gonna like stop any sort of hunger cues that I have that early in the morning too. So right. um, I didn't even realize it was helping with my energy. Yeah. But yeah, that simple tiny thing can can make a difference. Um, I want to dive into now like chocolate milk. Oh, <laughs> because. Yeah. Because in college, we were always drinking chocolate milk after workouts. And again, like I didn't quite know exactly why. Um, but I know that's like a huge way to like after a really tough workout or a really tough day of games, like it's crucial to make sure your your muscles get some sort of protein. And why is chocolate milk this thing that everybody drinks? And I I hope everybody loves it because I love chocolate milk, but why is it, why is it crucial? Oh my gosh. I
0: love this question. Um, so chocolate milk is, has those carbohydrates in it because it's a dairy product. So the sugar in the chocolate milk is lactose, which is the dairy sugar, but then the chop, because there's, it's chocolate, there's even more sugar in it. Um, But then dairy also has protein as well. And the science behind it is that your body needs like a three or four to one ratio of carbohydrates to protein post-workout. And this helps stimulate two things. It helps stimulate muscle growth. So like you mentioned with the protein, so um, especially after hard workouts, you want to stimulate that protein synthesis for muscle growth. And then also stimulates our um, production of glycogen stores. Um, so during a hard workout, our body uses glycogen stores to help with performance. And this is just a natural process um, that keeps our body energized. So our body has the ability to store glycogen, which is essentially carbohydrates, and then our body uses that throughout practice. Well, at the end of practice or competition, those glycogen stores are depleted. And we need to start building those back up to help prepare for the next day's competition or training, and it just helps with overall recovery. So that's why chocolate milk is such a great recovery tool because it has a high source of carbohydrates and sugars to help with those glycogen stores, as well as a source of protein. Um, typically, I'm sure like you experienced in college, this is kind of like an immediate like post-workout snack. Um, but, you know, we don't want to stop there. We really want to encourage having a full meal afterward as well. Um, and I know for softball athletes, having chocolate milk is could be kind of right after practice could be difficult because if you don't have access to a cooler or refrigeration, Mm -hmm. um, if you're out on the field. So, um, I do work with athletes on trying to find other alternatives that would meet that the same idea of chocolate milk. So having a good source of carbohydrates, but ensuring that there's some protein as well, that's paired. Up with that as an immediate like recovery snack, and then like let's look at your recovery meal, and that could be anywhere like two to four hours after a workout.
1: Cool. So, what are some examples of more of those? You know, high protein high carb things that maybe you don't have access at a softball field. What do you encourage people to either have in their cooler or close by? Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: So even just like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the peanut butter has a small amount of protein in it. So having something like that or peanut butter and banana, peanut butter and apple, um, I some sort of like protein bar. A lot of these protein bars though, you do want to look at the nutrition label and ensure that there's a good source of carbohydrates in them. But like a granola or um, protein bar would be perfect to throw in your bag. That's kind of what I say in terms of like not having refrigeration. Um, But if you do have some, like if, a parent can bring you something for the drive home. Um, There's a lot of liquid options now too that are like, we call them RTDs, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but they're like ready to drink options like a Gatorade shake. They have like those recovery shakes or a muscle milk product. Um, Some of those you can find that don't need to be refrigerated as well, so I just like to keep it simple, but primarily like to focus on that recovering meal. And if you can't have anything right after practice, don't sweat it. Let's focus on the meal when you get home.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I will. I, I I'm thinking of my own career now and how when I was younger, we we sometimes had like three or four hour practices. This is this is when I was like in high school on this elite travel team. So not every team is like this, but I remember I I had an hour drive home afterwards and I didn't have anything afterwards. And I was always starving after practice. And I wish I would have known that like, Hey, just pack like a little snack. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It's going to hold you over for a while. So that once you come home and have your big meal, um, you'll at least feel like you're, you don't need a nap right, right away. or you're not like you know? ravenous going through the refrigerator before you sit down. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, exactly. Peanut butter and jelly is kind of like my go-to for everything. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, it'll just tie you over. Um, but even doing like a trail mix that includes nuts and maybe like the dried fruit and um, seeds, like that's a really good option. That's easy to
1: um, pack as well. I love this. We're diving straight into the exact things people can eat. Now, let's talk about the post-game or post-big practice meal then. Um, What should our plates ideally look like?
0: Yes, absolutely. So primarily because of those, what you just did during practice or competition is we like to keep half of the plate carbohydrates and then a quarter of the plate protein and a quarter of the plate color. I do like to specify the type, the plate and the portions depending on the season that an athlete is in. Um, If they're in more of like the off season where there aren't those like really long weekend tournaments you know that's going to look different than if someone's like practicing hitting and strength training you know so I do like to try to find a plate that fits within their season versus like changing the plate date the portions on the plate day to day but in general for athletes especially high school athletes what I've seen is that overall they're not consuming enough Throughout the day, Mm -hmm. even if an athlete comes to me and says, yep, I eat breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks. Once I start diving into what their plate actually looks like, it's not enough. So overall, seeing if your plate can hit half carbohydrates, a quarter vegetables or some sort of color and then a quarter protein. Now, I typically follow up with that, that a lot of times my athletes need a bedtime snack as well, in addition to this meal just to keep their calories up. And especially if they have that 6 a.m. lift the next morning, that's gonna really help fuel their workout. You know, and I think too, for my athletes, it's really hard because they're like, how do I get a half a plate of carbohydrates? You know, it's really hard for them to wrap their head around. But what I try to do is say, okay, what's your favorite meal? Oh, is it a burrito bowl or are, is it tacos? Okay, let's look at where those carbohydrates come in within those meals too. You know, it doesn't have to be completely sectioned off, right? But if it's a burrito bowl is your favorite meal, all right, the rice is your carbohydrates. You have some fajita veggies on there. That's your color. And then your protein is going to be, you know, a chicken or a beef option or whatever their choice is. And, oh, you have a side of tortillas. Okay or a tortilla chips all right that adds into that carb that half plate of carbohydrate. so it is i will say like i love the visuals of the athletes plate that are um, published by the united states olympic committee but i think for high school athletes it's kind of hard to wrap their brain around of looking at it like mm-hmm. portioned out like that
1: yeah, that makes total sense. Now, how do you know if you are underfueled? Like, are there symptoms? What do you normally see?
0: Yeah, I would say some athletes experience more prominent symptoms than other athletes. Some athletes don't even realize because they're just so on the go and they're in this routine of school, practice, training, school, you know, that they don't even realize that they're under feeling because they're always on the go. Um, but for a lot of athletes, it's very personalized. So I'd say low energy, feeling tired, just even if you're getting like seven hours of sleep, but just feeling fatigued and tired and having difficulty keeping your eyes open throughout the school day. That's probably a sign that you're under fueling. Having difficulty focusing, attention span, and then just overall energy. What I like to tell my, give my athletes as the example is you want to feel the exact same energy level in the first inning as you do in the seventh inning. Like if, yeah. if you're missing, if you're feeling really fatigued, let's address that. Can we address that earlier in the day? Or is that something that we need to address your nutrition during those innings? So, uh, I would say mostly just like tired, fatigue, muscle soreness. That could be a huge one, even if it's like not that hard of a workout. Some muscle soreness is normal. We can't prevent all of it. It's muscle soreness is a good thing. That means muscle proteins are being synthesized and your muscles are building. Um, but trying to mitigate that where it's a reasonable amount of muscle soreness, you know, overall brain fog, if we're looking um, at female athletes making sure their menstrual cycle is regular and um, mm. so I hope that provides you with some symptoms but it's definitely personalized and it's more like internal I would say you know there's not like as hard of cues that I work with you know or that I
1: ask my athletes mm-hmm. this is this is so good Wouldn't it be awesome to have a place where you can track what you eat and whether your energy felt good or not so great based on your nutrition? I know I haven't talked about these in a while, but since today we're talking about nutrition, I thought it would be awesome to introduce to you one of the coolest tools that my friends at Always Grind have created to help track your nutrition, your school and athlete calendar all in one place. It's called the Student Athlete Planner. If I was in high school all over again, this would be a no-brainer investment for me, especially when I was striving for optimal performance in order to get recruited. Again, no-brainer. If this sounds like it's up your alley, head to alwaysgrind365.com and check out the Student Athlete Planner and all the things that can help you find success. And if you decide to make a purchase, use my code Ashley B for a 10% discount on your order. Again, that's www.alwaysgrind365.com. Check out the student athlete planner and all the other amazing planners they have. And if you want a little discount, use my code Ashley B at checkout. All right, let's head back to the episode. I want to go back to when you talked about the energy from inning one to inning seven, yeah. specifically because athletes right now, I mean, we're in the heat of summer. Some of these kids are playing like five games a day. Oh my god! And first of all, I think that's way too much, <laughs> but if it's, if they're asked to do it and obviously having the same energy from game one to game five is more of what we're talking about. Yeah how the heck do you sustain your fuel? Because I'm sure 90% of the athletes out there playing five games a day probably aren't fueling themselves enough. Oh
0: my goodness. If they're consuming five games or if they're having to do five games a day, I would probably have to put like a car bloating plan together for them, especially (laughs) in this heat because, oh my goodness. So, um, yeah, like I mean, I'm sure you've heard of the idea of carb loading, especially for endurance athletes. But if there's a big tournament coming, really trying to ramp up those carbs two to three days beforehand. And that could be, you know, a lot of times athletes will say, well, I'm really full. Like, I feel too full from consuming too much. Um, But trying to get those glycogen stores as full as possible before starting a tournament, that's the goal with carbohydrate loading. So looking at... Liquid options like smoothies or juices, sports drinks, just trying to get them prepared the day or two days before that big five game day. Um, and then mm-hmm. having a really solid breakfast um, and making sure that's on point. So, following that half plate of carbohydrates with protein. And if it's breakfast, essentially a lot of fruit and then trying to see what you can consume during those innings in between games. Um, Hopefully there's like a little bit of time. Um, I'm sure there are going to be some games that are back to back, but um, when there is a break, I like the idea of mini meals. So if you think the longer the break you have in between games, the larger meal or the larger snack that you're going to have so especially when it hits like two hours in between, like the end of one game to the start of the next, that is your opportune time to refuel mm. because when it gets, because and then also your body's going to have an, enough time to digest that food as well. So that could be... Like what I'm kind of imagining would be like peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a sports drink, or even like orange juice or some sort of juice, and then a yogurt parfait or dried cereal, um, watermelon or grapes to hydrate. So just trying to keep it simple. Um, We don't want to be consuming like high greasy foods or high fat foods. Um, I think the concession stand can be helpful, but when you're... Those five games a day, like that is probably going to hurt you more than help you. So save the concession stand for afterward and um, really try to... You're going to have to plan out a lot of snacks and fuel for those games or for those long days.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a Costco run is needed, you know, every few weeks just to load up on everything. They do have these really good not sponsored by Costco, but they have these really good, um, nut bars that are like super great. And they have like enough sugar. Like it's, it's all the things that you keep describing, yeah. but I mean, they have so many granola bar options, like trail mixes. I mean, you kind of want to buy it in bulk yeah. because it's going to be cheaper in the long run. Yeah. So all you parents listening, like, Hey, just make sure your, your fridge is stocked, your snacks are stocked. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how many examples you are giving. Cause that's like normally the largest, question that I get is like, how should we be feeling? What should we be eating? Mm -hmm. And you definitely make it sound like it's doable. Like I think some people think about it as like this overwhelming process of like, oh my gosh, I have to meal prep for an entire day, you know, beforehand. But I think when it comes to, you know, tips to prepare for like, I think everybody agrees that travel ball weekends are a lot. Are there ways to simplify this nutrition to make sure like you're getting everything that you need for the weekend. Um, I'm sure people run, you know, in between games to grab stuff, but is there a way to simplify this stuff? Oh, simplify. I think that's hard. I mean, like you said, buying in bulk
0: and having anything accessible, you know, if you are the type of person that you can't just like sit down and actually, you're not going to write out, okay, between game one and two, this is what I'm going to have, you know, it's okay. You don't have to do that, but I don't know what I always did was we had the parents each provide a dish and essentially it was more of like, um, you know, a buffet style. Um, but you know, try to specify, okay, we're going to have a very simple pasta salad available. Okay. Someone's going to bring the watermelon. Someone's, you know, trying Mm. to do some of those simple options where parents aren't having to spend all night, cooking um but something that's easily like it's easy to eat on the field because i know too like you're on paper plates so you don't have a table so what's something that's more like finger food type items especially for like afterward or you know if there's like hotels involved and long drives um i always try to do like a little bit of prep and see, okay, what grocery stores are available and see if they have any of those like pre-prepared options. Um, Like I know locally we have Hy-Vee, they have a lot of options. Um, In the East Coast, they have Wegmans, Kroger is really great in the Midwest. um, They have a lot of those pre-prepared options or even like small catering departments that you can order ahead of time, even if it's like those small sandwiches, those like sub sandwiches, sandwiches or whatnot or looking at what fast food restaurants are nearby and when i say fast food more like fast casual so um and this is probably more for like the night before a big tournament or after all of your games looking at like chipotle has a really great catering option chick-fil-a caters Um, Subway has really great options. So when you are on the go like that, trying to see what's available nearby, that would provide at least some sort of that healthier option. That's not pizza and wings and all that, which you can consume just after the tournament.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good, good planning. I mean, I remember, this is embarrassing, but our entire team, I think we got rained out like during the day. So we played one game and then we were supposed to continue to play, but we had like six hours like between games. And we all went to like, I think it was called Freddy's. It was like an ice cream Mm -hmm. place. (laughs) And we all like, we got our meals and we all got like huge Sundays. And then by the time we were playing our next game, we were out of it we were so slow like it was like the worst game of the weekend and you know looking back on it we're like yeah something like you mentioned high fat like not a good idea to to consume yeah Um, before a game
0: my mom i will a little shout
1: out to my mom she was like the best
0: athlete mom she was always bringing us baked goods lover. She was always making sure we were stocked. Um, and, and so it was great, you know, finishing, especially in high school, you know, you're finishing a game at like six or 7 PM. So it'd be like, here's some rice crispy treats or like puppy chow. Like that was fine. Right. But, um, on the weekends, you know, you'd have those early double headers and we, like, you'd have such a short amount of time in between those double headers. And my mom would like always bring like these sweeps. And then we were like, You know, like exactly what you just said. Like we're so hungry and ravenous. So then we start to like, like we did great in the first game and then like the second game comes and we're like, oh.
1: Yeah, like you have your your immediate sugar high and then it's like straight down. That actually reminds me, I wanted to talk to you about energy drinks because I can't tell you enough. Like there are so many athletes that drink like one or two energy drinks a day and it scares me. It truly scares me. I'm sure like an occasional monster isn't going to hurt anything but a lot of people like if they're the first game of the day it's like energy drink yeah. I'm sure you're against that because, you know, now there's all these studies of, you know, people consuming too much energy Mm -hmm. drinks and they're getting stomach ulcers. Like it's insane. Yeah. Like what are, what are alternatives? Cause obviously they want to like spike their energy. And I know you talked about like sugars and things like that, but like, what is your take on energy drinks? So
0: here's the thing with energy or just caffeine in
1: general is that it is
0: proven. It's a proven way to improve performance um, is caffeine. Um, however, there are a lot of risks, like you mentioned with caffeine and, um, well too much in general is going to have that spike in your heart rate and it can cause like jittering and, um, having too much just over the longevity of your lifetime can cause, um, heart and stomach issues, um, with the energy drinks in general, really try to stay away from them as much as possible our biggest thing is that we see with more of these like newer brands that are coming out that are claiming that they have like BCAAs in them and like all of these like sport like phrases that they contain mm-hmm. um as of right now none of them are approved for sport so if an athlete does get drug tested we worry that there could be an ingredient in one of these sports drinks that could result in a positive drug test. So there's, re- like, there's no testing on them in terms of that. So that's one thing that we worry about is like, you don't really know what you are consuming at that point. My philosophy truly is food is food first. So waking up and making sure you have breakfast. I mean, a lot of these athletes are rolling out of bed, putting their uniform on or putting their school clothes on and rushing out the door. And I get it. Like uh, that was me too. I, I was in your position, but are you having breakfast? Cause the minute that you don't have breakfast is you're already starting your day in a caloric deficit in an energy deficit. The The way I describe breakfast is that you just went, put your body through a seven to nine hour fast. You you weren't consuming anything, right? Because you were sleeping. And the idea of breakfast is that you're breaking the fast. So you're going to immediately start providing your body with those calories that it needs to stay, you know, you need, your brain needs carbohydrates. So that's what's going to wake up your body, you know, and the other thing is staying hydrated. Um, are you consuming, you um, water or sports drink when you wake up a lot of times I mean I notice that even with myself but sometimes the first time I have a a sip of water is not until like 9 a.m and I I woke up at five you know so it's just like oh my gosh those habits that you have to get into of eating breakfast and staying hydrated all of those small habit changes can actually change your morning energy level as well Um, but I do I'm with you I really do worry about the large consumption of energy drinks. Um, I know there is more and more research out there, um, but there's still a lot of unknown, especially for high school and youth athletes. Like they're still really young age. Their body's not fully developed yet. So um, really try to hold off on those high caffeine level drinks and let's focus on some nutrition changes that we can get your energy level up.
1: Mm, Okay. That was really awesome. I know um, creatine is something that a lot of athletes consume as well. What's your take on that? Creatine. Oh, the research that has come out recently
0: is just, is a huge, you know, it just provides us with more reassurance that creatine can be a safe option for athletes. And there is a lot of benefits for creatine. However, there are some risks when it comes to creatine is um, a family history relate more so like family history related. So if that's why I always say recommend talking to an athletic trainer or a doctor about taking creatine first so that they can ask additional questions on what your family history is in terms of kidney disease and liver-related diseases and functionality um, before taking creatine. So it works. I mean, there's a lot of research that promotes it, but really want to, there are risks associated if it's in your family history. So talk to your athletic trainer or strength coach or you can always
1: reach out to me as well and creatine is made for muscle building right just to be clear there's a lot of things that
0: refer muscle building and cognitive health so brain health okay -hmm.
1: okay Okay. yeah just just wanted to throw that out there because i know some people take it and i want them to you know feel at least like they know a little more about it yeah. Um, the last thing I want to dive into before, crazy enough, we have to end this. I never want this to end <laughs> yeah. because there's so many great gems. Yeah. We could have you back on in the future yeah. to talk about the other things, but definitely the hydration piece. Um, again, I, th- I see athletes at play, you know, 90 degree heat, five games a weekend, and then they can't even move on Monday. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of it has to do with um, their food. Mm-hmm. But we know another fuel is, you know, that that water or that electrolyte that they need. So give me some background on, like, water versus, you know, that electrolyte or that Gatorade. You know, there's so many other options. Oh, yeah, so many. How much should we be having of of each? Because you know, I feel like everybody's different, has to find their balance, but I know if you're only drinking Gatorade, that's not good. And if you're only drinking water, that's not good either. So like, what's a good mix yes. for people that are uh, it's, playing like, a lot? It
0: is really hard to like dive into specifics of how much water mm-hmm. versus how much electrolytes. Um, but first off having electrolytes, there's no harm to adding them to your drink in general, you know, whatever, if you're using a tablet or or Gatorade or Powerade, whatever it may be, there's no harm in it. The side effects of dehydration in general is just passing out, obviously, dizziness, feeling um, just, you know, not there, right? And having heat exhaustion. But like you said, then really affecting muscle soreness and fatigue afterward. Like even if you're not feeling hydrated in the moment, you may feel it the next day, which a lot of people don't realize, but every person has a little bit different of a sweat composition. So there are people who are Saltier sweaters, and then there's people who I'm right, I'm, I'm right there me, that's with you. Me. So one way you can <laughs> see if you're a saltier sweater is if you're wearing a hat or even a shirt or maybe the waistband of your pants. If you notice there's like a salt rim on them after a hard workout, you're a salty sweater, and you're going to probably need more electrolytes than someone who doesn't have that salt rim associated. Mm-hmm. You know, on um, it's a good rule of thumb, yes, absolutely. And, um, and another like general rule of thumb, too, is always have electrolytes if there's the three H's. So, if workouts are over an hour, there it's high heat and high humidity. So mm. really, summertime across the U.S. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in, in, I'm in Kansas and it's like 100 degrees today, so yep and like 90% humidity. So there's isn't really no harm in adding electrolytes and starting earlier is perfect too. So you yeah. know, don't wait to the last minute. Don't wait until you're
1: feeling dehydrated to start hydrating.
0: Start it's early. too
1: late. Yep. Yeah. And I know, I think we've talked about the P test before, but like another signal of like yeah. not being hydrated. This is just, I, th- I think most people know this, but some people might not. Um, you know, when you pee, if it's like a lighter color, lighter yellow, that means you're pretty well hydrated. And then if it's, if it's very orange or dark yellow, you know, that you're probably, you probably need more hydration. Yes.
0: And normal concept. um, Yes. Perfect darker means that you need to start you need to hydrate and need some electrolytes um but then also um another way is if you haven't used the bathroom in a couple hours Mm. maybe that that's also a signal that you have not used the restroom (laughs) in a while um I did a a marathon a few years ago and I did not, afterward, I did not use the restroom for like hours on end. And I was like, I was definitely dehydrated. You know, like all of a sudden I drove home like a couple hours, went out to dinner and I was like, oh my gosh, I have not gone to the bathroom. Like that's really bad. Like that was like a sports nutrition, like eye opener right there. I was like, oh
1: my goodness. So. Yeah. And it's proof that like, Everybody is gonna be, you know, a little less hydrated at some point yes. in time. I mean, you literally do this for a living and yes. still found yourself there. So don't beat yourself up if you, you know, notice some of these cues. But yes. now that you're more educated, like use it. Yes. Same thing with I'm so glad you mentioned um the earlier the better with hydration. So just like you're fueling yourself like with maybe the pasta party before You know, I loved those, by the way, when we had games, we had had a big weekend or double header. It's like pasta party, but like your hydration is supposed to be, you know, figured out earlier than that too. So, so make sure that you're feeling yourself and you're making sure you're hydrated well before competition. Yeah. And, and your your literal background is you help athletes maximize their performance. And I feel like that is like a huge, massive chunk
0: mm-hmm. yes.
1: um, to help maximize it.
0: And in relating back to like high school in general is I'm married to a strength coach, so I get it. But strength and conditioning has made such an up and coming like world within high school and even like youth athletes now. And I love it. Like I've seen it. I love Mm -hmm. it. Like I did not have Mm -hmm. a high school strength coach. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't really talked about yet. And now it is. And now it's the time for nutrition to get into these high schools and for parents to start realizing, all right, you got this, you got the training component and you got those additional practices and a hitting coach and all this, like, let's talk nutrition.
1: I love it. Is there anything, other topics that maybe hit home with you that you definitely want to share today that maybe I didn't dive into with you? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think so.
0: I honestly, this was such a great conversation. I was a, I was able to share so much that, and clearly I'm really passionate about it. I love working with athletes, especially high school. And um, I just, have so much passion for them and really can see the potential in all the clients that I work with. And I I love it. Once you start asking them, like once you start like putting nutrition in their brain, then they start asking the questions. And I just, I love it. I love it.
1: Yes. Amazing. So if anybody listening is like, oh my gosh, I want to hear more, they're going to want to reach out to you. So where can they find you? To tell us all the things. Yes. So you, um, my website, you can find all of the details on my website. So
0: youthsportsnutrition.com. That's where I have information about one-on-one sessions as well as team presentations or it's tournament season. So if you need some additional guidance with how to help plan meals around your tournament, reach out to me because I can help you do some research on restaurants and grocery stores in the area. And cool. then um, I have my Instagram page. I provide some education. So youth.sports.nutrition on Instagram and um, in a couple months, I will be launching an online course. So um, I think we'll provide the website in the show notes. But yeah, jump on the wait list for that because it's a really great affordable option. And it's self-paced and it provides you all of like the one-on-one resources that I would do with you,
1: um, but in an online course. Amazing. I highly encourage everybody just, this was just a taste of what you can learn about nutrition. So I am definitely going to recommend that course to anybody listening. I think that's going to be awesome. So cool. So cool. Well, before I let you go, I have to ask you some rapid fire questions. I like to call them five to throw. Oh goodness. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. First question I have is what is your favorite go-to snack? Like okay, right here,
0: so right now. pre-workout. I work out if anyone wants to know. I work out at 5 a.m. Um, my go-to beforehand is an applesauce pouch.
1: Mm, perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Simple, so simple. Simple. And you can find those literally anywhere. <laughs> yep. Anywhere. <laughs> so great. Um, we never talked about peanut butter today, oh. but as an athlete, I was like obsessed with peanut butter. I have to know: are you a crunchy or a smooth peanut butter fan?
0: I'm smooth. I like the smooth peanut butter. I just think it's easier to spread on really anything.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, same. <laughs> I'm the exact same. I eat it with my bananas. I eat it with my apples. Like I am obsessed with peanut butter. Yep, love it. Can never have enough. Love it. If you could go back and compete, mm-hmm. what would be your ideal breakfast? Ooh, ideal breakfast. Oh man, I
0: love bagel breakfast sandwiches So Mm. bagel with egg, cheese, maybe either like avocado or hummus, um, and then
1: fruit on the side, my favorite go-to, you got your carbs, protein, you got it all. This is great. Cause I'm about to eat after this and I'm starving talking about all of these things. (laughs) Um, this is a question that I thought about because a lot of people, they just don't know where to start. So what's like one good habit that athletes can start with like starting today. Yep. Okay. That they should work oh, on Oh shoot one. Dang it.
0: Um, you can give maybe two. Okay. okay so two would be breakfast. Like just eat breakfast. It can be a bowl of cereal. That's fine. Just start. So you start somewhere and pack a snack before for your, like, especially if you're in school, I know we're recording in summer, but if you're in school and you have practice after school, pack a snack, pack it. Mm. Don't go to Taco Bell like I did
1: in high school. Go. Yeah, I snack. saw you posted that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think my go to between because I played basketball and I remember we had practice like right after school. I think I did like a tortilla and then a banana and then like peanut yeah. butter in there. Oh, my gosh. Like all in one. Perfect. That was like my. Literally Perfect. Of- Again, I'm starving and I'm probably going to eat that for a yeah. while. Um, final question that I have for you is what can athletes expect when they start taking their nutrition seriously? What will they see in themselves?
0: Oh, gosh. You're just going to feel better overall. When you have better nutrition it, you just feel better and you can show up at practice fueled and ready to go, like I say all the time. You will able to do an extra rep or you're able to do one more set stronger. You're able to finish that seventh inning feeling better than you did the prior week. So it's just like those small
1: changes and that really add up over time that you're just going to feel better overall. Amazing. Amazing. I'm so happy that you reached out to me on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> And we could put this together because I know we just changed a lot of lives um, with this information. I know that sounds like dramatic, but I truly believe it. Um, This stuff is something that I wish I would have taken seriously sooner. And you're doing such a great job with all the promotional activity and like your Instagram. I I learned a lot just looking at your Instagram. So I need everybody to go follow you. And Caitlin, this has been so much fun.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone. Anytime.
1: Man, I am so glad Caitlin slid into my Instagram DMs the other day because this conversation was much needed on the podcast. I have had two other dietitians on the podcast. Ironically, both of them were named Katie. (laughs) Talking a bit about this topic a little bit more. So if you want to check those out, I have left them in the show notes just for you to tune into. There is so much more about nutrition that we can learn, and I know the more we know about it, the better we'll be able to manage our intake so we're feeling at our best when our best is needed. If you haven't already and are enjoying When the Cleats Come Off, the easiest way to support this podcast is by subscribing to the pod on your platform that you're currently listening to right now. You'll also be the very first to be notified when my next episode drops when you do. The second best way to support the podcast is by sharing it with a friend. Helping elevate those around you raises the standard for everyone. Follow me on social for some of the best quotes, tips, and clips from each episode. And you can find all of my favorite social platforms that I hang out on in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. And never forget to stay awkward, stay humble, and keep smiling. I'll see you next week.